Hello, this is Do Go On. I'm Matt Stewart. And I'm Taran Jayamana. And uh, we're in Sydney. And uh, we're about to be in Brisbane. And we're doing live shows. They're called Dry Dryer. And also, who knew with Matt Stewart in both those cities? And you can get details at mattstewartcomedy.com. Anything else you want to tell the good listeners that do go on, Saran? Well, the whole point of this was you thought that it might be more engaging if you had a different voice. But you've said most of the information. So, hey, come see us in Sydney and Brisbane. Yeah, that was engaging. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Welcome to another episode of Do Go On. My name is Dave Warnicky, and as always, I'm here with Matt Stewart and Jess Perkins. Hello. Hey, Dave. How good is it to be alive? <laughs> so, so good. <laughs> I often start a sentence not knowing where it's going to go. That one ended up really positive. Yeah, that was Matt nice. Stewart, the uh, the king of small talk. <laughs> That's how you open all your conversations. <laughs> how good is it to be alive? Honestly. Pretty good. It's um, it is a bit odd when he does that at cafes, though. Like just ordering a takeaway coffee. Hey, hey, going goes. How good is it to be alive? And they go, Yeah, yeah, yeah. What can I get for Why you? Are you bringing that up. Yeah. <laughs> are you going to order anything? Oh no, no, no. 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 Did you just survive something or? No, 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 no. Not only am I excited about life, but I'm also excited about the upcoming Melbourne International Comedy Festival. Uh, yes. It's sort of like Christmas time. Um, you know, Christmas time is also like Christmas time, but this is like second Christmas time. <laughs> yeah, and it goes for longer. First. Yes. Which I love. I love that about it too. It has a real um, sort of festival feel about it, I think. Yeah, that, it has a certain, oh, how do you say, how Ooh. do you say? I don't know. Uh, je ne sais quoi? Yes, yes, yes. It does have a je ne sais quoi about it. I can't quite put my finger on it, but... Some sort of phrase like that might help describe oh. it. Yeah, yeah. And we're going to be there, aren't we, Jess? We are, and I'm very excited. Are we, Jess? Yes, we are, because we are going to be doing something different and fun and, honestly, I'm excited about it because it's a little less work for Matt and I uh, because we're <laughs> going to be doing a live quiz show extravaganza with Dave hosting. Matt and I are going to be team captains and... We're going to have like a bunch of guests. It's going to be so much fun. I'm so excited about it. Dave said he's going to get the biggest guests who are in the country at the time. Last week I uh, promised Jerry Seinfeld. Unfortunately, I have looked at his diary. He will not be in Melbourne. Mm. But I'm really fingers crossed for uh, Billy Connolly, Dawn French uh, on the same show. Yes, that would be ideal. 
So you guys can fight it out amongst yourselves. I think um I think I heard that Carl Barron's doing the festival this year. I'm sure he would love a bit of exposure. Um, yeah, 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 yeah. We love to help the little guy. Yeah. <laughs> so that'll be pretty cool to help out some little guys and have some fun along the way. So this is going to be on Monday nights through the festival at the Town Hall. We've oh. finally made it to the big time, mm. the Melbourne Town Hall. Hey? It's basically our Madison Square Garden. Honestly, yeah. if you can't beat City Hall, you join the Town Hall. <laughs> That's right. That's what we've done. And uh, so it's April April 4, April 11, April 18. So three shows, 9 o'clock on a Monday night. And, uh, wow, it's going to be Gonna be good times, and yeah, it's basically it's gonna be much like a do go on episode where Dave's uh, choosing all the questions from one topic. He's basically telling the story like a normal do go on episode, only with questions along the way. So it's a real mishmash of yeah. everything that's good about the world. Yes, <laughs> yes, you get your dose of us, your dose of history, your dose of comedy, and your dose of life. I'm so excited about this show that I'm actually uh, skipping my own show to be there. <laughs> Uh, I'm, I'm doing a show with Alastair Tremblay Birchall, uh, who's been a guest on the show. He's told us about clits. He's told us about uh, peenies. Well, peenies as well. <laughs> uh, we're doing a show, a stand up show called Honk Honk Hubba Hubba Ring a Ding Ding. <laughs> and um, it feels so good. If you want the, uh, the background story to that uh, name, that were the three options we were thinking about. And Andy Matthews said, why not just. Put them all together. Yeah, he's right. He's and absolutely the right. magic. God, he's so good, that Andy. He's so Little good. Peek behind the, the, the magic. Um, yeah, so we're doing the second uh, half of the festival, so from the 11th of April till the 23rd. Monday to uh, Saturday, but I will not be there on Monday. So if you want to see Alistair and Angus Gordon playing the role of me, ah. then go on the Mondays. But don't go to the Mondays and you can't come to the quiz show. That's how you skip Matt completely. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I know one person who was already, uh, one listener who's already um, bought tickets to a Monday. He's like, wait, how are you going to do both shows <laughs> when we announce this? Anyway, um, so yeah, all, all the ticket links will be in the show notes. It'd be great to see you. Uh, there. You know how when you go to the theatre sometimes and they there'll, there'll be a little announcement saying that, like, the role of Simba <laughs> will today be played by and they, like, tell the understudy? Are you going to have that on Mondays? I think you should. I think, yeah, I think we should. For tonight's should performance that. of... <laughs> <laughs> The role of Matt Stewart will be played by Angus Gordon. <laughs> it says that in the show description on the website. That's yes. so good. That just showed me. And but usually at the theatre you're disappointed when you like, you know, you go there and Kate Blanchett's called in sick. But will people be excited to hear Angus I think Gordon? So. Woo! Love that guy. Yeah. I mean he's One great. Raw comedy winner to another. Yeah. I had to get someone who was at least of the same quality. And I actually got someone who's much better. So that's good. Um, so, yeah, you'd actually do yourself a favour good on that Monday. But really, no, come to our show yeah. on the Monday. Come to my show on the Tuesday, Wednesday, Any other Thursday, day, Friday yeah. or Saturday. You can come to our show every week because it's a different topic every week with different guests. And uh, also if you're a Patreon or Do Go On supporter, uh, check the Patreon or our Facebook group because there is a cheeky 20% discount for you guys. Ooh. Oh, yeah. 
Awesome. Hey, should we get on with the show, Jess? I'd love you to explain to new listeners how this show works. Well, uh, how this show works is uh, one of the three of us goes away, researches a topic usually suggested by a listener or two or three, and uh, we research that topic, we bring it back to the other two, we present it like a school report, and the other two listen politely um, except for the times when they're interrupting rudely. And we usually (laughs) get Did you just move? Yeah, interrupting cow. <laughs> Is that why? Yeah, I guess so. Oh, that's a bit of fun. <laughs> move. Or are you just very tired again? I'm very tired, yes. Sorry, but Jess, you were really close to explaining the final bit, which is... We always get onto the topic with a question. It is my week to do the report this week. Um, And so I have a question for you. Are you ready to hear that question? I'm ready to hear it. I'm ready to answer it. Okay. Okay. Question is, the upcoming Netflix series Inventing Anna is based on who? Anna Kendrick. Anna Kornikova. No. Anna Mears. No. <laughs> you know so many Annas, I can't think of one. Anna. Anna Kosovac. Anastasia. Anna. Whoa, whoa, yeah. <laughs> princess Anna? Is there a princess? No, Princess Anne, isn't it? Yeah. Um, so is it an, it's obviously an inventor. Uh, no, it's not an inventor. Ooh. Oh, okay. It's a robot. Someone invented Anna? Wait. Yeah, somebody. Anaphy- yeah. An- anaphylaxis? Is that anything? <laughs> Am I getting, are we getting warmer? It's- it's no, you're getting further and further away with that guess. Is it of someone anaphylaxis? Anna? It is. It, well, it's Anna, someone. Yeah. Uh, what about the name Anna Delvey? Does that mean anything to you? No, it doesn't mean anything to me. No, Anna Delvey. Perfect. Because the less you know, the more entertaining this report will be for you. Fantastic. So on October 3rd, 2017, 29-year-old Rachel Williams, a photo editor for Vanity Fair, a role she described as her dream job, arranges a lunch date with an old friend, Anna. Anna, who at the time was staying at Passages Malibu, an addiction treatment facility, leaves the facility to go meet with her friend. An addiction. That was going to be one of my guesses. Fast, you go. (laughs) (laughs) But what Anna doesn't know is that this lunch was never going to happen. The lunch plans were, in fact, a way to lure her out of the facility as part of a sting operation by police officers and the district attorney's office. Oh, no. Is her friend snitched on her? Well, or stitched her up? Has stitched Bloody her up a little bit. Is she a narc? What an absolute narc. Am I using that right? What does narc mean the cop? No, you're narking to the cops, yeah. Yeah, you're narc yeah. to the cops. I, yeah. I don't even know what it means because I would never do it. Yeah, But, bullshit. Dave, could you... <laughs> Could you breathe that marijuana smoke into this microphone? I mean, this my my shirt. <laughs> I think I know how this works. You are literally <laughs> holding a microphone. <laughs> ah, the decoy. <laughs> are you going to admit to any crimes on this podcast? <laughs> accidentally, you want him to breathe marijuana smoke into a microphone. Yeah, Jess, it's not really a microphone. It's actually a drug detection device. <laughs> Sucker. You got him. Got you him. got Dave, that classic pothead. <laughs> I'm a doobie brother. So, yeah, that was a sting operation. Anna was arrested. Who is this person? Well, Anna Delvey first appeared in New York City when she travelled there to attend New York Fashion Week as part of her role as an intern for the French fashion magazine Purple. She loved New York and said she found it easier to make friends there, so she relocated permanently, transferring to Purple's New York office. Sometime later, she quit her role at Purple, but she didn't really need the job anyway. Anna Delvey was the daughter of wealthy German parents. 
and was set to receive access to her generous trust fund when she turned 25. And she's like 24 at this point. So she turned her attention to her passion project, the Anna Delvey Foundation. Very audacious naming it after yourself, I think. I am of the opinion that there are too many foundations now. Really? I feel like every celebrity's got their own one. Surely you just pitch in and help one that already exists. Oh, yeah. I guess the idea is that it's a tax write-off. <laughs> <laughs> You're absolutely right. Oh. But, well. the, but the, the thing they tell themselves is that, oh, well, I'm using my name for good. You know, I, yeah. I, I do some ads and stuff and I'm using my name maybe for bad <laughs> while I'm, you know, e- evening out the ledger here. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. It's all about balance. Because when I say they're using their name for bad on those ads, they're advertising Death machines. Yeah. yeah. Guillotines. But guillotines. on the flip side, they're providing bottled water for the upper middle class. So mm. who need it? And top shelf tequila. Yeah. <laughs> so her goal was to obtain a property in Manhattan on Park Avenue South, a beautiful 19th century building known as the Church Missions House. There, Anna would create a multi-level dynamic visual art centre dedicated to contemporary art. Okay, well, it sounds like the the generous trust fund is very generous. Holy shit. Well, yeah, the foundation is going to include a night lounge. I don't know what a night lounge is, but it sounds cool. A bar, art galleries, studio space, restaurants, and a members-only club. Pretty cool. That sounds pretty fancy. Very exclusive. Sounds a little bit like our triptych club. Yeah, that's exactly what it is, yeah. We'll have a night lounge. Yeah, and a day bed. Oh, I love a day bed. Right in the... The back left is the night lounge. Yeah. Very cool place to be. Um, There was an article written for part by Jessica Pressler. This article kind of blew this entire story up and it's a really great article. So I'll reference Jessica Pressler's writing um, quite a bit throughout this. But she writes, some people raise their eyebrows at the grandiosity of this plan. Grandiosity. But to others, it made sense in a New York kind of way. The building's owner, developer A.B. Rosen, was no stranger to the private club genre. A few years earlier, he'd bought a midtown building and opened the core club. So I looked up the core club um, and this is what it's written um, on their website under the vision tab. So just to give you an idea of what like an exclusive kind of members-only club is. So it says core is a philosophy, a culture, a sensibility, an ethos, a playground. Oh, For the zeitgeist, it gets worse. It is a gravitational force that pulls together global visionaries who are culturally curious and passionately engaged in the world. We think obsessively about experiential architecture, managing seamlessness and curating conditions for discovery and transformation. Uh, Where do I sign up? (laughs) This sounds like me. Any questions? It just it? sounds like they're they're describing my mind. <laughs> <laughs> a zeitgeist playground, yeah, yeah, <laughs> right yeah. up top. Always said that about you, actually. A playground for the zeitgeist. I said, "What, Jess? Tell us what is Matt Stewart actually like?" And I said, "I'll tell you what he's like. I'll tell you, he's a playground for the zeitgeist." <laughs> yeah, the zeitgeist is on the seesaw up there. In his head. What about Dave Warnerkin? I says, oh, he's a gravitational force that pulls together <laughs> global visionaries mm-hmm, who are mm-hmm. culturally curious. <laughs> it just means nothing, doesn't it? No. Yeah, it means nothing. And all it is is that you remember and you get to go and like dine at the restaurant there or like 
You know what I mean? Like it's kind of, it's just an exclusive sort of bullshitty expensive thing for rich people. It sounds like something that would almost certainly fail as well. Right. That's an interesting take. Like there are people that are like, you could get this card. You pay $50 and you remember. Okay, what do you get? Well, you get, you get to, to be a member. Yeah. Yeah. You can recruit other members. <laughs> and other people will be impressed that you're a member. So, and a lot of this, like it feels very much, um, it's just name dropping constantly. And I have no idea who any of these names are, but... Even in articles written about it, it's just dropping names the whole time. And you're like, is this good? I don't know. So Jessica Pressler continues, says, with the help Jessica of... Jessica Pressler is such a good name, by the way. Jessica Pressler, it's good, isn't it? Jess Pressler, not as good. She needs to be a Jessica. No. Yeah. Jess Pressler, bad. <laughs> but Jess Press is pretty good. Jess Press? Mm. Sounds a bit like you've branded your own toasty machine or something. Yeah, it's the Jess Press. For just three easy installments of 1995... <laughs> So with the help of uh, Calatrava executive Michael Yaffe, a former employee of Rosen's RFR realty firm, Anna soon began meeting with big names in the food and beverage world to discuss possibilities in the space. (gasps) The Colonel? (laughs) (laughs) The big dog? Grimace? (laughs) One was uh, Richie Notar, one of the founders of Nobu, who did a walkthrough of the building with Anna as she described her vision, which included three restaurants, a juice bar and a German bakery. (laughs) Apparently her family was prominent in Germany, Notar said, and funding this big project for her. You know, she's got that big trust fund. I'm excited about this, Jess. I want to get involved. You said this was 2017. Is it too late? Uh, to put in some startup yeah. capital. you got to get in at the ground level yeah. four years later, <laughs> five years later. I love it when, I don't know how long ago it was, but it's probably been around forever, but describing buildings and rooms as space. What a magnificent space. Yeah. It's like, that's nothing. Space. Oh, beautiful space. A beautiful space. A beautiful space. Yeah. <laughs> space. You mean, yeah. Oh, I love the nothingness in here. <laughs> Fantastic. Oh, 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 what a beautiful void. Oh, Matt, I wish, I wish you'd studied drama because they, no, they love nothing better than just, just walking through the space. Yeah. Just walking right. Using the, the space. space. Yeah. Explore the space. Yeah. Feel yeah. the space. Yeah. <laughs> now roll around on the floor yeah. in the space. The first drama teachers were astronauts <laughs> and they didn't have the vocab. Uh, to really express what like they're trying to talk the, about. Like you see um, space and, <laughs> and be a, uh, a rocket. <laughs> moonwalk. <laughs> uh, one small step. Uh, 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 I don't know. Um, no gravity. Piss in a bag like <laughs> yeah. Buzz Aldrin. So the pro- a project of this size is going to require considerable funds, even on top of Anna's obvious wealth and funding from her parents. So she needed about $25 million. On top of the $25 million she already had. After initially looking for private investors, she then turned on the idea, mainly because she didn't want anyone telling her what to do. If we were to bring in investors, they'd say, oh, she's 25, she doesn't know what she's doing, Anna explains later. I wanted to build the first one myself. So uh, from Pressler again, to, to, secure, to help secure a loan, one of Anna's finance friends had told her to get in touch with Joel Cohen, best known as a prosecutor of Jordan Belfort, a.k.a. the Wolf of Wall Street. Cohen was now working at Gibson Dunn, a large firm known for its real estate practice. He put her in touch with Andy Lance, a partner who happened to have the exact kind of expertise that Anna was looking for. 
So after filling out uh, Gibson Dunn's new client intake form, which included checking boxes that confirmed the client had the resources to pay and would not embarrass the firm, Lance put Anna in touch with several large financial institutions. (laughs) (laughs) Nearly got there. I nearly got there. I don't know why that was so fun. (laughs) It was like if that word was like a, a train... You, it was going real fast and you fell off <laughs> and you rolled down the embankment. <laughs> I mean, it's fun to be on the other side of this for once. I was going to say. <laughs> Every other episode, that's me a dozen times. Before this episode, you couldn't think of the word example. <laughs> that's, that's a tricky word. <laughs> and you know that, what's that uh, shovel you dig food with? Uh, example. <laughs> Several large financial institutions. <laughs> Nailed it. Nailed it. Uh, <laughs> also, love that in this world you literally just have to tick a box that says, yeah, 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 I won't embarrass you. Yeah, 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 yeah I've, got, I've got the money. Yeah. You're going to look into that at all? No, 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 you've ticked the box. That's fine. Tick, 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 all good. No, no worries here. I'm wondering at this point, you know, she didn't want to get investors in because they were going to be like, you don't know what you're doing. I'm wondering, is that because she doesn't know what she's doing? <laughs> At this point, I just don't know where this story is going. Yeah. I'm f- already forgetting where it started. Who was she? Was she the narc or the other one? No, she was in rehab and then went to go to lunch with a mate and then got arrested. Yeah. Right, okay. And, and it's uh, very much on purpose that you don't know where this is going. Okay. So just let the Master story storyteller. wash over you. <laughs> yeah, have some trust in me. Um, <laughs> everything will fall into place. Yes, actually, I've uh, I don't have any trust, and I've just gone ahead and googled it, and uh, wow, God, what a story! God damn it, what a Dave. story! God damn it, Dave! <laughs> I'll take it from here. <laughs> <laughs> just reading a Wikipedia article. Yeah. So the tricky part for Anna was that the majority of her assets were located outside of the US. Some of which were in a trust with uh, Swish. Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty Swish. A Swish bank. Yeah, a over. Swish, Swiss bank. <laughs> So I'm marble I'm, floors, big pylons, real swish bang. Real swish. <laughs> I'm recording from home because uh, my partner has COVID and I'm a close contact. And I'm thinking more and more that maybe I'm more <laughs> of a, a than a close contact. <laughs> One of the symptoms is not being able to pronounce Swiss. <laughs> right? Uh, what's this country here? I'm pointing to it. Switzerland? Oh no! I'm so <laughs> oh, sorry. No. You you are positive. It That's the new rat test. Yeah. Oh no! I did I, I did that thing ATM rat machine. Rat test. Yeah. Rat test. The people doing that? Yeah, some people are. And honestly, those people, people will be yelling at their iPods <laughs> they, right now. They can fuck off. <laughs> oh, by the way, a few people have been pointing out that people don't listen to iPods anymore. Oh my god! And. I don't know where what fancy town you live in, yeah. but where I'm from, we've all got iPods. Yeah, they're, they're huge. What are you listening to music on then? If, yeah, if I don't, not I don't an understand. iPod. I think they're from overseas or something. They've got some maybe the iPod 2 or something. I don't know. But oh, I've got the iPod Classic, 128 gigs. Love it. Whoa. Nothing will ever replace this. I've only got the shuffle. This is the pinnacle. They listen to podcasts is brutal. <laughs> um, I want to listen to a series, but it's Can't jumping it. around all over the place. <laughs> If you live in a world where people don't use iPods anymore, like what are you giving to kids to listen to? Are you a kid with an iPhone? Like an eight-year-old? What is an iPhone for? Well, yeah, how could you listen to music on a phone? Yeah, it's a it's phone. A phone. <laughs> Far out. Yeah. 
My phone is plugged into the wall like everyone else's. Yeah. They, it must be, it must be a joke. They must be joking. Those okay. people saying nobody's <laughs> listening to iPods. They must be joking. I don't fully get the joke, but it must be a joke. <laughs> I'm sure it's very funny. <laughs> <laughs> it makes them sound so are old. You, uh, now, are you talking about the things I say? Just <laughs> 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 that, that, that fl- how, somehow that flipped around on me. No, <laughs> <laughs> Because I agree, I don't know why I say it either. I, don't, I just started saying an old technology, and I don't, I don't know why. But anyway, I'm not sure how you've gotten defensive when I was being 100 percent on your side. Then 100. percent Welcome to my world. <laughs> this is what it's like living in the Zeitgeist playground. <laughs> it's a nightmare. Very paranoid. It's awful. <laughs> I haven't slept. Is that weeks. about me? <laughs> Anyway, please do go on. <laughs> oh, she, yeah, she's got Swish assets, money. They're in Swish bank accounts. A- um, Ashetch. <laughs> Ashets. Ashetch are in Swish bank accounts. Oh, she she related to Sean? <laughs> no, she's German. Um, oh, he's played Germans, I'm sure, with that accent. Yes. <laughs> I'm, I'm German born. <laughs> yes, I'm from Frankfurt. <laughs> ich so bin ein got- Berliner. <laughs> <laughs> I watched a film of his the other day that I've only ever heard people shit on, and I was when I was like, I think it seems like a fun idea. It's called League of Extraordinary Gentlemen. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And I've just uh, people have shat on it so much that my expectations were so low. And I watched it. I'm like, oh, this is all right, isn't it? I it's mean, fine. there's a lot of silliness to it, but it's fine. Yeah. Um, I was almost disappointed it wasn't that oh. bad. But, I'll, you know, it's the opposite of having your expectations set too high. They'll mm. set too low. <laughs> then I'm like, oh, this is this is fine. It was disappointingly okay. It had Cleaver Green in it as the be- as yeah. one of the main guys. Anyway, Jess, please. I'm so sorry. Please do go on. <laughs> so, um, yeah, she's got uh, a lot of her assets with uh, the multinational investment bank UBS. And so the banker that she, um, that she was sort of dealing with. An awful thing to deal with UBS. Um, <laughs> What's it mean again? <laughs> um, irritable bowel <laughs> sunburn. <laughs> I thought you'd at huh. least find a new word for you, but no. Nah. <laughs> irritable. <laughs> oh, no. I didn't get a lot of sleep last night. I'll tell Look, I've got to come clean with the audience here. Really? Yeah. You'd never know. And what? Saying silly things is a symptom of that, is it? You look ridiculous for implying that. You fucking, you fucks. <laughs> um, so the, the banker at City National Bank asked to see the UBS statements and he received a list of figures from a man named Peter W. Hennick. Hennick? Anyway, and uh, he wrote, please use these for your projections from now on. I'll send the physical statements on Monday. Those physical statements never arrived, but no worries. She's good for it. <laughs> I've seen uh, the figure $28 million written on a post-it note. <laughs> I'm happy. I should trust be fine. That'll yeah, do. it should be fine. And she's saying like, um, you know, it, it, it shouldn't be a problem because they're providing documents saying that she uh, owns assets to the value of around 60 million euros. So like she's... She's very wealthy, so they're like, "Oh, yeah, okay, this is a this is an easy, you know, no no real risk here." 
But a business such as this was going to require buzz and for cool people to want to attend. It's all well and good to start up an exclusive club, but you've got to, like, make the connections. Luckily, Anna was already a very well-connected woman. She was described as a woman about town. She was often in attendance at some of the coolest, most exclusive events in New York City. Um, Rachel Williams, who I mentioned at the very start of the report, she writes, she was a stranger to me and yet not unknown. I'd seen her on Instagram, smiling at events, drinking at parties, oftentimes alongside my own friends and acquaintances. Rachel notes as well that she'd seen that Anna had 40,000 followers on Instagram, which we all know is a sign of a person's value. (laughs) (laughs) She's like, ooh, she has 40,000 followers. I want to know her. Rachel recalls that as a visiting German citizen, she'd explained, um, Anna didn't have a full-time residence. She was living at the Standard, a, a hotel. I think the basic room started about 300 a night when I looked online. So it's like a pretty, it's a pretty nice hotel. Um, the article Jessica Pressler writes is largely based around an interview she did with a person named Neff who was working as a concierge at 11 Howard, which is another hotel Anna was uh, staying at later on. She sort of bounced between a few different hotels over a few years. The article paints a picture of what Anna was like at this time. So she writes, the way Anna spent money, it was like she couldn't get rid of it fast enough. Her room was overflowing with shopping bags and in between meetings, she'd invite Neff to foot massages, cryotherapy, manicures. One day she brought Neff to a session with a personal trainer slash life coach that she'd found online, a svelte, ageless, Oprah-esque figure who worked with celebrities like Dakota Johnson. Afterwards, Anna bought a package of sessions. It was, I'm not lying, $4,500, says Neff. And Anna paid cash. What was it? A packet of what? A package of sessions with this personal trainer slash life coach. Oh, gotcha. Spent four and a half grand on. I've got no idea how much personal trainers cost um, for reasons unknown. But I feel like less than that. Yeah, but I still thought when he said, I kid you not, I thought he was going to say 45 grand. Well, we don't know how many that package of sessions is. Yeah, that's yeah. true. It could be 4,500 sessions. Yeah. Then it's really cheap. <laughs> that's an absolute bargain. <laughs> yeah, that's why he's like, I kid you not, this woman only charges a dollar a session. <laughs> it's amazing. I'm I Googling kid. Dakota Johnson as well, who's one of the name drops here. Well, she's 50 Shades of Grey. Oh, okay. Yeah. Does not, face doesn't ring a bell. Anything else? No, oh, she was on that Architectural Digest that uh, people got confused by. Okay. <laughs> um. You love Architectural Digest. Oh, she was in the social network. I've seen that. I one time mentioned Hilary Duff's apartment and Dave was like, ah, yes, from Architectural Digest. <laughs> I've seen it too. <laughs> that's, how, uh, that's how I keep up with the zeitgeist. <laughs> Holy shit, her parents are Don Johnson and Mel- Melanie Griffith. Right. Yeah. yeah, and her boyfriend's Chris Martin from Coldplay. Holy shit, that's a power quadruple. What do you think her favourite Coldplay song is? <laughs> I don't know, but mine's a scientist. Um <laughs> Melanie Griffith is from Raw, right? The that movie. Yeah, is she the one who was in All Connecting. Yeah, <laughs> that very brief reference to Dakota Johnson links back with a few quick steps <laughs> to our episode about the film Raw. Hotel staff fought over who got to deliver packages to Anna or who would help her with any particular request she had because she was an extremely generous tipper. She handed out $100 bills like they were nothing. She was always dressed in designer clothes, opted for the most expensive beauty treatments and regularly spent $400 on eyelash extensions. It's like she wouldn't just, you know, go and have a beauty treatment done. It had to be by, like, the coolest, you know, most exclusive person who offered that service and it had to be the most expensive, you know, 
option available. Right. Yeah, it's, a, it's an interesting way to go about it. So mm. not the best but the most expensive. Yeah. Which he just equates the two things maybe. Yeah, yeah, she just sorts price high to low and just goes with whatever the top don't, result don't is. Don't they say, is, isn't, is that still a rule? Like you're a sucker if you buy the most expensive wine on a menu because they put them there just for the suckers? It's the best one's the second most expensive one. I think that's like an old, an old life hack that I've never had to put into practice. I'm never, <laughs> bu- never yeah. considering buying one of the most expensive <laughs> bottles of wine, but I may have made that. I'm up. always like, just a just a glass of your house red would be fine. <laughs> yeah. Thanks. Maybe just a maybe just a half glass. Maybe just a glass <laughs> of two straws. If that's okay. Yeah, can, can we get a glass for the table? <laughs> 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 we BYO'd silly straws. <laughs> she was at all the best parties, said marketing director Tommy Soleil, who met her in 2013 at Le Baron in Paris during Fashion Week. Oh, that means the Baron. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, <laughs> just you. for non-French speakers. And Paris means Paris. Yes. Um, it was unclear where exactly Anna came from. She told people she was from Cologne, but her German wasn't very good or what the source of her wealth was. <laughs> Oh, shit. She's not really German. And why pick a city as well? I mean, Cologne's probably a good choice because it's, it's not one of the biggest ones, but it's still a pretty big city. Yeah. But that is, that's funny. Well, why pick a country where you don't speak the language? Yeah, that's, <laughs> yeah, surely you go, I'm from a small village in England or something. Yeah. Canadian from the Bahamas or something like that. Yeah, I don't know. Why, yeah, why don't you have an English accent then? Oh, travelled around a lot as a kid. <laughs> yeah, Fuck. she's got... She's got an um, uh, an accent that's sort of hard to pin down. So because it's fake, <laughs> <laughs> it's all over all over the shop. Jess, if you were here last week, you would have heard me failing to pin down an accent a few times. Oh, Matt did what? Did, he did Irish. He did uh, Cockney. He did another English voice, and none of them sounded. Well, none of them were in the ballpark. None of them, you should hear this guy's Bob Geldof. It is. <laughs> To die for. Oh, fucking an A. <laughs> fucking an A. Uh, fucking an give A. Is, uh, that's give Bob me your fucking Mooney. <laughs> that's Kermit. That's Kermit the Frog. <laughs> that is that's Kermit begging give me your for money. money. That is Kermit mugging someone in an alley. <laughs> it's not easy being emerald green. <laughs> that's actually a pretty good Kermit, but it's a terrible Bob Geldof. <laughs> but a pretty good Kermit. Yeah, well. That was after you described, you were like, oh, a lot of parodies of Bob Geldof came after that. I guess because he's easy to parody. <laughs> Did I say that? <laughs> Whoops. <laughs> oh, my God. Anyway, Jess, that's a quick recap of what you missed last week. Thank you. The now I don't have to listen. It, so, they, yeah. <laughs> so anyway, yeah, we're saying that, like, uh, it's unclear where exactly she's from and what the source of her wealth was from. People heard different stories, some that, like, our dad was a very wealthy German in some sort of business or that somebody said he was really um, uh, high up in like solar, solar power. Um, oh, yeah. But I was a bit unsure. But <laughs> Obviously the higher up you are, the closer you are to the sun. So, <laughs> so it's quite, quite convenient. Yeah, he was, he was Icarus. Um, <laughs> yeah, it didn't end well. But. <laughs> it's not that unusual because there's so many trust fund kids running around. Everyone is your best friend and you don't know a thing about anyone. So didn't really ring in any alarm bells for people that they didn't really know a lot about her background. Um, in 2015, Anna met art collector Michael Zufu Huang at a dinner party. And at the time, he was a student at the University of Pennsylvania and um, he had dreams of opening a private art museum. 
So he mentioned he was planning on attending the Venice uh, Biennale, which is a contemporary visual art exhibition, and Anna proposed she go as well. They both had dreams of opening art spaces. They could learn a lot from the exhibition and the foundation behind it. So, yeah, he agreed, and they're like, yeah, cool, let's go. So she asked Michael to book her plane ticket and hotel on his credit card and assured him that she'd um, pay him back with a wire transfer. And while they were there in Venice, Michael noticed that Anna paid for everything in cash, and after they returned from the trip, she forgot to pay him back. Given it was only a few thousand dollars. Oh, what's a few thousand? Yeah, and he was also rather wealthy. Um, He brushed it off to Anna being forgetful, and he himself forgot about it after a while. Jessica Pressler writes, When you're super rich, you can be forgetful in this way which is maybe why no one thought much of the instances in which Anna did things that seemed odd for a wealthy person, calling a friend to have her put a taxi from the airport on her credit card or asking to sleep on someone's couch or moving into someone's apartment with the agreement to pay rent and then not doing it. Maybe she had so much money she just lost track of it. But the following January in 2016, Anna invited Michael to her birthday party at Sadell's restaurant in Soho. She hired a PR firm to put the party together and Michael said it was filled with a lot of very cool, very successful people. A few days after the party, though, Michael got a message from the restaurant. They'd seen pictures on Instagram of Michael and Anna together at the party and they were asking him if they had her contact details because she hadn't paid the bill. Oh. This and the money she owed Michael already were the puzzle pieces that fit together for Michael and he finally figured it out. He said, then I realised, oh, my God, she is not legit. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's interesting. Like, so when she's been going around buying all the most expensive things, she has been paying for them sometimes because she's using cash? Yeah, so if she's buying, like, if she's shopping in a shop, you know, you can't leave a shop without paying for stuff. No, so no, she's, you just she's say, hey, cash. I'll wire you I'll wire, I'll wire you transfer you. Chanel. Uh, perfume. Yeah, I know a few things. What, what, I, what I love about this uh, echelon of society that seems like the, the biggest crime, it's not really lying and it, it doesn't matter what you do. The, the only crime is, hang on, she doesn't have lots of money. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Hang yeah. on. That's it. Yeah, yeah. That, I don't mind her not paying me. That's fine. As long as she has the exactly. money to. Yeah, exactly. If she pay. could pay me. Yeah. That's so fine. Weird. Yeah, that's right. That is <laughs> yeah. very strange. Wait. You tell me she might be poor? Whoa, whoa, whoa. Whoa. Lock her up. I was at a party with a poor person. Oh, my God. I touched her on the shoulder as I brushed past to the punch bowl. Am I poor now too? (laughs) I think I caught poor. (laughs) Uh, So I like that that realisation as well that he's like, I just realised, oh, my God, she is not legit. And legit (laughs) she was not. Um, Anna Delby was, in fact, Anna... Sorokin or Sorokin, born in Moscow in 1991. Her father was not a billionaire. He was a truck driver. Her mother owned a small convenience store. Why not just say Russian? There's, yeah. You could be, I don't understand. Yeah, there's lots of wealthy oligarchy types. Well, the family relocated to Germany in 2007 when she was 16 and she was described later as a quiet girl who struggled to pick up the German language. So, yeah, say you're Russian. Because you are. Just say you're Russian. After graduating high school, she relocated to London and then Paris where she started her internship with Purple. And it was around this time that she started using the name Anna Delvey and her parents have no idea where she came up with that name. Like it's no, there's no sort of connection anywhere. It's just a name that she came up with. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot. 
we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. This show is brought to you by BetterHelp. I gotta get something off my chest. Okay. I ate your last biscuit. I was that saving has been, them for my wedding. That has been stress <laughs> that has been stressing me out. I'm so sorry. I feel a lot better to get that off my chest. You know, keeping things bottled up can affect people negatively and that had been affecting me and that feel that's a weight off my shoulder. Yeah. It was delicious. I'm not sorry. But I did take the last biscuit. It, that he was saving for his wedding. I didn't know that. <laughs> That is upsetting to hear, but I think I'm going to have to get some uh, positive coping skills, learn to set some boundaries. Mm-hmm. Well, maybe you could give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, so it's very convenient. It's flexible. You can fit it around your schedule. You just fill out a brief questionnaire and you get matched with a licensed therapist. You too can get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com D-G-O today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp. H-E-L-P dot com slash D-G-O. So where did she get the money that she was spending on clothes, eyelashes, personal trainers, etc.? Well, when I said she changed her mind about getting private investors involved, really it seems like no one at all was interested. So Anna created fake bank statements um, showing that she had access to about 60 million euros stored in Swiss bank accounts. And in November 2016, submitted these as part of a loan application for $22 million to a bank. Most accounts say it was City National Bank. Others say it was a different one. There's two banks involved here. So I'm just going to say like first bank and second bank because sources say the opposite way around and I didn't want to fuck it up. So the first bank needed Anna to pay $100,000 to cover legal fees and for them to do their due diligence in investigating and validating her assets. So to get that $100,000, she went to another bank. I love where this is going. <laughs> paying off a credit card with another credit card. Yeah. That's so a they, good business. But paying off a bank with another bank. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So she gets a loan for hundred grand, and she was like, I can, I can obviously pay that back so easily and quickly. I'm incredibly wealthy in Europe. I have access to all these assets. It's just they're tied up in Swiss bank accounts and overseas. So if I could, but I need this kind of now. So if I could just have $100,000, I'll pay that back to you very quickly. It's just you helping me out. And they were like, well, that makes sense. Sure. (laughs) So the original bank became suspicious when they noticed some discrepancies in her paperwork, like how she said she was German, but her passport said she was born in Russia. When questions were asked, Anna withdrew her loan application. Once they start to dig, she's like, well, forget about it then. Yeah, yeah fine. Hey, if you don't trust me, I don't want to do business with yeah, you. Yeah, <laughs> I don't even want $22 million, so forget about it. That's nothing to me. Whatever. Yeah, why didn't I just say I was Russian? I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> but I'm okay. sticking with it now. <laughs> so she withdraws her loan application, meaning the bank returned some of the funds to her minus the fees they'd already taken, you know, and so they gave her back about $55,000. There are records of her depositing dodgy checks in a few different banks and withdrawing the cash before the bank realises the check were no good. That check system, what a wild time. Yeah. This is 2017. It says, yeah. it says there's money here on this piece of paper, so give me. Can I have it? Thank you. So that explains why she always had cash and often asked friends to book cabs, flights, hotels for her on their credit cards. She didn't have a legit credit card. But she had, what, 55 grand in cash that she just slowly ate away at. She had a lot of cash. It doesn't sound like slowly. (laughs) Yeah. 
and also, and bad checks. Yeah. Things started to fall apart in early 2017. Uh, in April, uh, she deposited $160,000 worth of fraudulent checks into a Citibank account, of which she was able to retrieve 70 in usable funds. So she's got 70 grand in cash. The hotel she was living at at the time, Eleven Howard, had realised there was no valid credit card stored on her account and she'd accrued a $30,000 bill because she's, like, um, dining at the restaurant in the hotel, which is, like, a very fancy restaurant and she's just charging it back to her room and she's staying in, like, you know, a pretty mid-level, like, a good room at a nice hotel. So she's racking up quite a bill, $30,000. So with the seventy grand that she'd just withdrawn, she paid a portion of the bill to Eleven Howard, but seeing as she still refused to provide a credit card, the hotel evicted her. The next month, she somehow managed to convince charter flight booking service Blade to allow her to book a return flight to Omaha, Nebraska, without paying up front. The fee, $35,000. Oh, she's a good talker, obviously. Yeah, it's very, like, she's quite charming and she plays the part well and she plays it very cool. In another life, she could have been a cult leader. Big time, yeah. Uh, And, you know, like, she's still young. (laughs) I'm sure this time. (laughs) So she sent them a forged wire transfer confirmation slip, which bought her a little bit more time. Um, she met the company CEO, Rob Weisenthal, at a party and made a good impression on him and she was believed that she was a safe lending risk. So they didn't really chase her too hard about it. I think she kind of told them that it was like just, you know, issues with the bank and the wire transfer taking longer than normal and so they're like, okay. But little did she know that a few months later, when she hadn't paid her bill, Weisenthal would report her to police, who were already very much aware of Miss Anna Delphi. But for now, she's living it up, having a great time. She obviously wanted to get to Omaha, Nebraska, like most of us do. But why? <laughs> I was also thinking 35 grand to go to Omaha. Well, I mean, if, you, if, if you're going to, I mean, is she at the point like, whatever I do, it's free. I may as well get my own plane. Surely she could have talked someone into buying her a plane ticket easier than convincing someone yeah. to charter a flight. Yeah. But I guess this was just as easy because she was so connected because she was inside this weird world of uber-rich people yeah. at the parties and, and all those sort of things. She was going to an event like hosted by Warren Buffett or something. So, you know, needing to kind of look the part I think right. as well. And, and it was also I think very much about like the social media presence too. You're sort of building that sort of story around this character as well. So, yeah. so Omaha, Nebraska, is that, is that where the cheeseheads are from? I think in the right place. I know the cheeseheads. I think uh, that's where Bright Eyes or Con Oberst is from. Right, there you go. I believe. Huh. There you go. Fun fact. There you go. There's one band. I think that their whole scene, Saddle Creek and all that. Anyway, do go on. So she's living it up. She's having a great time. In mid-May, she suggested to her friend Rachel Williams that they take a trip together. Anna needed to leave the country to reset her visa. And Rachel writes, Anna suggested Marrakesh. She picked a five-star luxury resort, ranked amongst the best in the world, and knowing that her selection was cost prohibitive for my budget, she nonchalantly offered to cover my flights, the hotel. She reserved a $7,000 a night private villa. Oh, how much? $7,000 a night. Oh, that sounds reasonable. <laughs> With an, it had like an interior courtyard, three bedrooms, a pool. It's got a courtyard. Oh, well, that's there's yeah. the price. That's half the price, right? Yeah, there. a lot of the price will be in that. Get your own and, and the pool that that'll knock it up a couple couple of bucks. Yeah, a couple of G's. Cheeseheads of Green Bay, Wisconsin. Sorry, like one of the biggest <laughs> NFL football teams. 
Uh, whereas Nebraska, Omaha, looks like they've got a bull. They're the Mavericks. So you can stop yelling at your iPod 2s. I'm updating it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I named yeah. the band because I assumed the Cheeseheads was a band. I didn't even okay, know what great. you were talking Fantastic. about. <laughs> <laughs> the Cheeseheads. Oh, man, the Cheeseheads rock. <laughs> no, they look like the fans. I've seen on TV or something they wear like like hats that look like blocks of cheese. Yeah, I think I've seen well, that Well, that makes before. sense. Sorry, she's in she's in Morocco. She's yeah seven grand. So she's a night. booking this fancy place, and Rachel says, "Due to a seemingly minor snafu, I'd put the plane tickets on my American Express card with Anna <laughs> promising to reimburse me promptly." Oh no! Since I did this all the time for work, I didn't give it a second thought. It's like having a pyramid scheme for a best friend. Yeah. It's really- <laughs> Along with Rachel, Anna invited the personal trainer and a photographer who Anna asked to come along to film their trip as a documentary about the creation of her art foundation. She was sort of saying like, well, I I will be making a documentary about the art foundation, so it would be nice to sort of get used to somebody sort of following us around with a camera and also it would just be so nice to have like a video of the trip. (laughs) So they've just got a photographer with them. While out shopping one day on the trip, Anna's debit card was declined and Rachel asked Anna if she had informed the bank that she was going to be travelling and Anna said no. And Rachel's like, well, yeah, that would be why your, your bank, like your card is declined. So Rachel paid, uh, assured that she would be reimbursed the following week. Rachel's tab continued to grow as dinners and shopping all fell to her to be paid. She can just be like, Anna can just be like, oh, my card, you know, yeah. can't get onto the bank. I'll transfer you, here. I'll reimburse you, yeah. So by their third day on the trip, staff at the resort approached Anna. It seemed a valid credit card was not stored on the account. As per usual, Anna bought time, claiming it was an issue with the bank and that she would contact them. And the next day, again, the staff inquired about the card and again, Anna brushed them off. But they weren't giving up this time. So two men went with them back to their villa and waited as Anna made phone calls. The following morning, Rachel Rhodes has this whole big article in Vanity Fair um, which details her side a lot. Um, and she yep. sort of talks about she the, ne- the following morning she woke up to a message from the personal trainer who'd been sick for a couple of days. She had food poisoning quite early in the trip, unfortunately, and she'd been in bed sick. And she's sort of saying, like, I need to go home. Can you help me, like, arrange flights home? I've got I've to go. So Rachel does that and she called the front desk to ask them for a car to the airport. And she sort of, like, in her riding has a bit of a back and forth with, the hotel staff where she's like, no, we're not all leaving. Just like one of us is sick and has to make a flight. The rest of us are staying. She has to assure them that they're not all trying to do a runner essentially. Whoa. Yeah. So they, yeah, they they send a car. The personal trainer gets out. Rachel, the photographer, and Anna are stuck. And Rachel writes, the men insisted that a functioning card was needed for a block on the reservations balance only, not to be charged for the final bill, which could be settled later. You know how like you you go to a hotel and they take your credit card and sort of like they don't they don't Just charge it yeah but they like they fifty bucks or hundred bucks on there yeah well they put like a holding fee or something exactly on there, don't yeah they? and then once you check out it's refunded to you it's so they were sort of saying it's just that. Um, so first Anna and then the men <laughs> pressured me to put my credit card for the block while Anna sorted the situation with her bank. I was stuck. I had exactly four hundred and ten dollars and three cents in my checking account. I had no alternate transportation from the hotel. I wanted to go home and most importantly, I was told that my card would not be charged. So Rachel's card's pre-authorised. The resort staff explained the amount is refunded at the end of the stay, like we were just saying. 
So Rachel left Marrakesh the next day to go somewhere else from work. I think she said she went on to Paris for work. And Anna texted her saying she would transfer her $70,000 next week just to make sure everything is covered, meaning Anna had intended for Rachel's credit card to be charged for the entire bill, which came out to be about $62,000, which was more than Rachel made in a year. Oh, my God. Oh. That's not very nice. This feel like when when she was ripping off people who didn't even notice it. Yeah, I assumed yeah. that Rachel was also in the echelon. If she's paying for the flight or whatever, over, I thought, oh, she must be a millionaire too. But she's just she's a, got person. a normal job. Yeah, <laughs> she's a person as opposed to millionaires. <laughs> They're not people. They're above people. <laughs> They're better than people. Yeah, exactly. and I don't feel bad saying that. You think a millionaire is listening to this? Come on. <laughs> I was probably a couple. They like to check in, see what the plebs are doing. <laughs> oh, podcast. Right. <laughs> Probably <laughs> listening cute. on a bloody a gold-plated iPod. <laughs> I assume that's the future of iPods. Yeah. Oof. One day. Must be. I don't know. One day they'll work out their gold technology. Once they were both back in New York, Rachel attempted many times to be reimbursed. Each time met with different variations on the same excuse. Trust fund was tricky to access, slow to transfer, etc. So a month after their trip, Anna said she'd finally picked up a cashier's cheque and would deposit it the next morning. But Rachel was understandably sceptical and she wasn't taking any chances. So the next morning she showed up at the Beekman, the hotel that Anna was staying in now, after she was uh, evicted from 11 Howard. So she went to Anna's room and asked for the cheque. She's like, come on, let's like just give me the cheque. We can go deposit it together then. She's holding a gun as well. <laughs> She doesn't say that in her own article, but it's implied. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So she waits while Anna's like looking through papers underneath clothes. Eventually she's like, oh, I must have left it in the Tesla I rented yesterday. Rachel writes, she called the Tesla dealership and then her lawyer's office. He must have it, she said. I refused to leave. Anna said the check would be dropped off, so I waited. I went with her to Le Cuckoo, it was the fancy restaurant where she met with a different lawyer and a private wealth manager. I followed her back to the lobby in the Beekman where she ordered oysters and a bottle of white wine. I sat in silence, sending work emails from my phone, largely ignoring Anna but keeping a watchful eye and asking periodically for an update. To prove a point, I stayed until 11pm. I left angrily, telling her I'd be back at 8am so we could go together to the bank. In a huge surprise, when Rachel arrived the next day, Anna was gone. Um... (laughs) Rachel tried to dig a bit. She tried to find a way to contact Anna's parents. Couldn't find anything. Couldn't find anything about them. So she's continued to try, but she's not getting, she hasn't got her money back. In August of that year, Rachel went to the police but found that a bunch of different roadblocks were in her way. Issues with jurisdiction, given it happened in Morocco, plus the amount of money involved, surpassed the financial limit dealt with in civil court. Because, like, she went to the police and, like, go to civil court. She goes to civil court and they're like, this is too much money for us to handle. Like, it's above the threshold. So feeling hopeless and distraught, Rachel received a call from the personal trainer. Anna had turned up at her apartment building and Rachel and the trainer decided, decided to confront her. They're sort of doing, like, an intervention. They went to a restaurant and Anna was upset. The night before, an article had come out in the New York Post calling Anna a wannabe socialite. She hadn't paid her $11,500 bill at the Beekman and she'd been kicked out with nothing. Her belongings had been detained. She was being charged with several misdemeanor offences, including an embarrassing dine and dash incident. Like that's also what's funny with that upper echelon is that like it's so embarrassing that um, the thing that's been talked about is that she she did a runner at a restaurant. It's like 
You also haven't paid any bills at hotels. What are you talking about? Oh, it's so embarrassing. They think I did a dine and dash. <laughs> oh, I didn't pay for my food at In-N-Out. But yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but you, you know, Rachel had 400 bucks in her bank account. What, when that 67 grand was charged for her account, what happened? Like, wouldn't that have just bounced? No, well, apparently not. Which is wild to me She's as well that she was able to that money somehow. Yeah, yeah that's she was weird. able to make a charge so big. Any, I don't have a credit card anymore, but when I did, I think I was allowed to spend maybe five grand. <laughs> I know, set my nothing. limit at five hundred bucks just because I, <laughs> just to be safe. <laughs> yeah, that's why I I cleared mine and then cut it up. But I was like, no more, thank you. Yeah, because you don't trust yourself with these wannabe socialites that you hang around totally. with. Totally. But, yeah, you're right. It's completely wild that she was able to make a charge of, like, 60 grand. That's insane. So she just she owes nearly 70 grand, but having not having the money to pay it off means that it would be, you know, going up and up and up as well. Yeah. With yeah. fees and interest. And just the stress as well. Shit. That would be an awful feeling. Oh, that would be a... Ruin your whole life. Oh, if you owe yeah. more than you earn in one yeah. year You're before fucked. tax, holy crap. Yeah. And their cop's like, sorry. Yeah, <laughs> sorry oh, sorry, it was in Morocco, so. Which makes sense. It would be hard for, oh, I mean, that's awful. Jeez. Yeah. I mean, it was, yeah. She's not coming off that well, Anna. I reckon she's. I reckon she'll turn it all around. I reckon this art gallery is going to really take off and pay, pay a few <laughs> of these bills back. That's okay. true. So throughout this whole confrontation, this little... Uh, lunch they're having and uh she's refusing to come clean she's she sticks to her story nothing is her fault it's all a misunderstanding you know she's not like that they were like we want to help you but you have to tell us the truth and she's like this is the truth she really sticks to it so according to rachel the next day she emailed the new york district attorney's office with a link to the article written about anna and said i think this girl is a con artist and it turns out an assistant district attorney confirmed that Anna was the subject of an ongoing criminal investigation. Which brings us back to where we started this report today with her arrest, October of 2017. The estimate of how much money she owed to banks, hotels, charter flight services and individuals is around $275,000. Wow, but that's amazing that the, like such a big chunk of that is to someone who can't afford it. Yeah. 70-something some seventy-ish thousand dollars. Yeah, it feels like you'd be like, "Oh well, she's ripped off a few, <laughs> a few big businesses." That feels somehow not as fucked. Yeah, even though it is obviously still fucked because the you know businesses need to pay pay the bills too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But like, you don't feel that bad about a bank. Yeah, the bank. Like, oh no, bank doesn't have some money. Oh no. It's a little bit harder to feel sorry for the bank. Not, not for me. <laughs> you, yeah, Rachel and the bank to you, very similar. Oh, yeah, well, who cares about yeah. Rachel? Oh, the bank. You love yeah. the big four. Oh, I love the big four. Mm. Yeah, if it was up to you, you'd extend it, wouldn't you? Yeah. I have a big five. Yeah. I'd invite one bank of the other ones up. Yeah, <laughs> I'd make my own bank. Banks. That's good. This world is built with banks, not with Rachel. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm totally kidding. <laughs> of course, yeah, but I think that's... <laughs> oh, my God. That's hopefully clear, but you never I can't know. Believe you. <laughs> well, with some of the messages we get, you us? do not know. <laughs> Why'd you lie to us about that, Dave? <laughs> Here's a few of my favourite points about her trial. Um, this is from Wiki. Sorokin's defence attorney, Todd Spodek, arranged for a professional stylist to source outfits for her court appearances, stating that it was imperative that Anna dress appropriately for the trial. In response, the prosecutor said Sorokin showed more concern for her attire than the emotions of those she hurt, 
and seemed to revel at the plight of her victims, which is a good bit. Yeah, that feels like that was really the wrong call. <laughs> you know, going, hey, just to make it clear, I've learnt nothing. Oh, 100%, <laughs> I, show, I have no yeah. rem- remorse. I'm still spending a lot of money on... Yeah, that's not painting yourself in a good line, is it? No, and it, it gets better slash worse. Still from Wiki, <laughs> on the Friday of the trial, Sorokin refused to enter the courtroom because she didn't want to appear in her prison-issued clothing and her civilian outfit for the day had not been pressed. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, my God. She may as well be wearing a hessian sack. Didn't want to wear her prison clothes because, yuck, not my colour. And I have a cute outfit here, but it needs an iron. Incredible. This is not humane. I know. The judge ordered Sorokin to appear, stating, this is a trial. She is a defendant in a criminal case. I'm sorry if her clothing is not up to her standards, but she's got to be here. (laughs) Bit of a hot take there from the judge. Wouldn't have expected that. I would have thought they'd be like, no, fair enough. Of course. (laughs) I won't won't appear. You think I like wearing these these robes and this silly wig? (laughs) I look like a fool. So I wonder if her lawyers are also con artists. They're not really lawyers. They sound like they don't know what they're doing. Kind of all deserve each other, hey? Yeah, do you think the lawyers would be like, hey, hey, it, it doesn't look good for you if you piss the judge off <laughs> by not coming in because your clothes aren't pressed. That's not going to go well for you. You think that they'd give her advice Yeah, later. And what, I mean, yeah, these lawyers, are they, are they going, oh, she's, she's paying me quite a lot for this. She hasn't got the money at the moment. <laughs> it's going to be wired to me. Yeah, that's right. There's been a few problems. Yeah, yeah. Obviously, she's got to access the trust account. The judge is like, have you read anything about this case? <laughs> oh, well, no. Yeah, we, yeah, we, yeah. You know, yeah. I mean, I mean, no, but yeah, i got the vibe. Yeah. She's rich and she needs help. She's rich. She's showing me documents saying that she's rich. Have yeah. you seen her glasses? They're expensive. <laughs> she so. slid a piece of paper across the table and it had a number on it that I liked. Yeah. <laughs> And, like, so she was arrested in October of 2017. You know how these sort of court cases can be very drawn out? She was um, in, like, she was being held in prison for, like, 18 months or something. Oh, that's nice she was being held because it can be traumatic uh, going <laughs> to jail. So it is nice that they offer that. It is that. nice, yeah. I said, did just, you want... Just to now, be held for a bit. Just as they're, as they're checking them in, as they're checking them into jail, they say, now, <laughs> are you, you prefer big spoon, little spoon? And if you say little spoon, they match up with a big spoon, which is nice. That's beautiful. <laughs> That's quite cute. <laughs> so in April of 2019, after deliberating for two days, a jury found Sorokin guilty of eight charges, including grand larceny in the second degree, attempted grand larceny and theft of services. Sorokin was found not guilty to two other charges, one sort of relating to the one of the original loans with Citibank and uh, one of larceny in the second degree, which was the $62,000 from Rachel Williams. So she was found not guilty of that. Oh, shit. Yeah. Does that mean that Rachel has no way of getting the no, money? No, I'll, I'll update you on what happens for Rachel okay, as great. well. So in May of 2019, Sorokin was given a sentence of four to 12 years in state prison. She was fined $25,000 and ordered to pay restitution of about $199,000. So paying most of it back. Obviously, that would be quite easy because she comes She's from rich. the family trust. So just get yeah. your daddy to pay it. That's yeah, fine. so what, yeah, how does she do that? She doesn't seem to have a job. Yeah. Hard to earn a living in jail. Yeah, p- penny a day for the next billion years and you'll be right. You'll be right. So Jessica mm. Pressler interviewed Anna in prison and wrote, this place is not that bad at all, actually, Anna told me, eyes sparkling behind her Celine glasses. People seem to think it's horrible, but I see it as like this sociological experiment. She's a psycho. She's made friends, of course. The murderers were the most interesting to her. 
There are a couple of girls who are in here for financial crimes as well, she told me. This one girl, she's been stealing other people's identities. I didn't realise it was so easy. <laughs> she's honestly a freaking psychopath. But, I mean, it was easy for you. <laughs> yeah, you didn't struggle that much. In total, she served just under four years and was released in Feb of last year, 2021. Um, in March, she was taken back into custody uh, by Immigration and Customs Enforcement, ICE, for overstaying her visa. And since April of last year, she's been held in a New Jersey county jail awaiting deportation to Germany. Um, the latest I read was she was still there as of September of last year. So that's sort of where she's at for now. In 2019, she sold the rights to her story to Netflix and Shonda Rhimes, which is the series I mentioned in the question, Inventing Anna. It actually comes out next month. And the New York Attorney General's office sued Sorokin in 2019 using the state's Son of Sam law, which prohibits those convicted of a crime from profiting from it, its publicity. So she sold the rights, and I think they were paying her something like 140 grand for the rights to her story, but that money was then frozen and, like, take it, given back to the banks. Amazing. I wonder if Netflix knew that because I'm like, ah, oh, it's, kind of, it's kind of fucked Netflix yeah. going, hey, hey, you, you who ripped off a lot of people, let's give you a bunch of cash. But maybe Netflix was like, I don't think she knows the son of Sam Law. Yeah. <laughs> we'll give this money. This will help pay back some of the people yeah. that she ripped off. Yeah, and then we don't feel bad about making a miniseries about her and making millions of dollars when all we had to pay yeah. was 140 As for Rachel, and I know, Matt, you've been very concerned about Rachel um, and her well-being, the credit card company forgave a bulk of her debt, um, though she was still required to pay back some of the expenses incurred. But she also wrote and published a book called My Friend Anna, released in 2019, and HBO acquired the rights to that story. Sick. Love that. She's fine. It's very interesting too because um, there's a few like a few YouTube clips I saw where she was being interviewed on different shows and everyone in on in the YouTube comments are just calling her an opportunist and Rachel. Yeah, and it, well, I mean, like it's kind of interesting the way she talks about Anna. She's sort of like, yeah, she was pretty like she could be kind of rude and abrupt, um, but she paid for stuff. So. Oh, okay. You know, like Anna treated her to meals and and took her to this personal trainer and you know, like she yeah, it was it was a it was good to be Anna's friend because you got heaps of free shit and got to go to fancy places. Right. And then afterwards doing a lot of press where you told your story to people as well. So I think well, I mean, you can sure if you want to judge her for being a moocher off a rich person, okay. But I think as soon as she's in debt to more money than she earns. Yeah. She's, I feel like surely she's allowed to try and uh, make some money from this awful experience. Yeah. I mean, imagine you just wouldn't sleep or anything. That would be on your head, on your mind all the time. And it's a pretty wild story. And once, like, press is picking it up and wanting to interview people about it and you were good friends with this person and there's the angle of her, like, ripping you off as well, then then you're a, you're a talent that those sorts of shows want and they'll pay you to be on the show. So yeah, like of course, of course yeah, you'd do I, it. I, I feel yeah, I feel like that's a bit maybe a bit harsh to to judge her. Felt a little sexist as well, to be honest. Sexist. Can't be- wait. She's a woman. <laughs> <laughs> Felt like a lot of people be like, "Well, this idiot," you know. And it's like, okay, right. okay, Brad, sixty nine. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> calling cares. her an idiot and an opportunist is almost like the opposite as well. Calling her an opportunist is sort of just saying she's cunning and smart. Yeah. Which one is it, Brad69? Yeah, that's a good point. <laughs> this guy we've made up. <laughs> now I'm but going, we're mad at him. Oh, here we go. <laughs> Check out this Brad69 guy. Which one is it, Brad? Which one is it? What honestly, a dog. I hate, honestly, fuck yeah, this guy. Brad 69, you him. can get fucked. You can fuck yourself. 69 <laughs> yourself, Brad. I suck your own dick, Brad. I know you've tried, Can you do Brad. that? That's awesome, Brad. That's pretty cool, Brad. <laughs> Brad, <laughs> Brad, can you show me? Give us some no, tips. No. Well, let's not talk now, but, yeah, off pod, Brad. Um, if you could hit me up. DM me, Was Brad. it a rib removal thing, Brad? <laughs> Brad, Brad, look, honestly, no, don't say now, Brad. But um, anyway, I'll, yeah, uh, I'll pass on my details and we'll chat later, <laughs> Brad. Pass them on now so he can he can contact you. What's your phone number? Uh, uh, Matt69. <laughs> 1-800-MATT69. <laughs> nice. Yeah, it's a free call. Um, there's been a lot of talk about Rachel, but we've got to ask, what happened to the real uh, victims? The banks. The banks. The banks. Well, the it seems four. like they... They got back a bit of their money, um, oh, which is good. God. But you know, I think I think Citibank is fine. <laughs> I think I think they're still going strong. So well, they're all not along, the big four here. So no, <laughs> that's true. All along, Anna has stuck to her story, so she didn't do anything wrong. Upon her release, um, she was pretty much straight back into her bougie lifestyle, straight back into posting on social media. She's shown no remorse. Like the posts that she made, I think the latest one or what I looked at the other day, it was like 43 weeks ago. So it's obviously while she, in that little brief period where she was released. But she was so arrogant and people were commenting being like, you are so arrogant. <laughs> like, fuck off. Which is pretty oh, funny, I guess. Gotta look her up. Gotta yeah. look her up. It's pretty great. I wonder, so if she, if she just left America and went back to Germany or Russia mm. and then sold her Netflix rights from there, I'm guessing then America couldn't have got her, the money back of her or could they have? I don't really know. It's just, it's just, you know, it sounds like she's obviously she's also quite naive. Like these lawyers she's got representing her didn't give her good advice about, yeah. you know, you'd think you'd get someone who knows what they're doing involved in a, a you know, a deal with Netflix worth hundreds of thousands. Yeah, of you would but. hope so, but it makes sense. Like she shouldn't. I reckon that's what Brad would have done. She shouldn't have made Brad switched money on. Off it. You know, it's no, she sort of like Wolf of no, Wall Street becoming quite successful afterwards. And you're like, the fuck? Yeah, well, that's the thing. She won't be able to make that money, but I, I don't know if there's a statute of limitations on, on the Son of Sam laws or something. She'll end up doing like speaking tours and stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If these shows get really popular. Yeah. Yeah, so it's a. And she'd love that. A, and she ends up being wealthy in the end anyway. Yeah. And rich people are like, geez, you really fucked us up. But he. But if we can see that you actually have money now, we'll forgive you. Yeah, that'll be fine. Let's oh, catch up. Let's, let's do lunch. Okay, um, sorry. The past in the past. You're not poor anymore. Welcome back. Just, just finally, an article for ABC News asks, so what's next for Anna Sorokin? She says, I guess it remains to be seen. I'm just trying to rewrite my story. Yeah. So we'll see. She's only 30. Um, she's probably going to get... Booted back to Germany, but we'll see what she does while she's over there. And but she claims that that none of it is a lie, and that she is a German millionaire. Is that what she still thinks? Uh, I think uh, I don't know what she has said about like her real, you know, upbringing or past. But the sort of the way, like she would sort of say that she was legit, and 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 some people have sort of said if she was successful, if she got this um, foundation up and running. Is she could have easily made 
all the money back to like right. To, yeah, like she could have got out of worked. it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Potentially, but I mean, that's I guess that's a big if. Yeah, okay. You can say that about anyone. If you were successful, exactly. you could be a millionaire too. Yeah. <laughs> if you were successful, is that an option? Well, you got to, you've got to be successful. It's all that's the only thing's holding you back. <laughs> you know, when I was saying cheese heads, what I meant to say before was corn oh huskers. Okay, corn uh, huskers, but and they're from Lincoln, Nebraska, but they. <laughs> But in, in the film Yes Man, Jim Carrey uh, catches a plane to Lincoln, Nebraska. And that's what I was thinking when you said Omaha, Nebraska. And he goes to a football game and he's in the crowd face painted with uh, corn husks on his arms. Okay. There you go. Great movie. I reckon it's underrated, that film. Yeah, it's a bit of fun. That was a little glimpse into the mind of Matt Stewart. Yeah. How, how it all Welcome works. Welcome in. Welcome in to the playground for Zeitgeist. <laughs> <laughs> But that was my report on Anna Delvey slash Anna Sorokin. Great report, Jess. I'd never heard of that, so that's very, very cool. I'm very glad you had report. it because if you had and you're like, oh, yeah, um, then it, there wouldn't be any kind of – there was there would be no reveal. <laughs> yeah, did you know of her before you did the report? Yeah, so the article on the part, the one Jessica Pressler wrote, I read that <laughs> a couple of years ago um, – to be honest, I think I was uh, doing a mid-dawn, a five-hour overnight shift at Triple J where you play a lot of music and only have to talk every 15 minutes or so. So I was just reading that article in between songs and it took me ages because it's quite a long, great article. And, um, yeah. yeah, it's really good. So I was I was aware. I think if one of you had done the report and said I might not have remembered the name or it would have been familiar, but I knew the story, so I knew it was going to be a fun one. Oh, and I forgot to mention as well, sorry, that that was suggested by a couple of people. Um, it was suggested by, uh, I've got uh, Marie and Kaylee Borelli both suggested that. So thank you very much. That's awesome. Yeah, it was a, it's an interesting tale. Yeah. A uh, tale of, uh, of woe. Can I say that? I think you can. I you know. I, I feel like it's a cautionary tale. That uh, if you're going to lie about being rich, just just don't go too far. Yeah. And try not to rip off Rachel, even if you think she's mooching. Yeah. <laughs> you really feel for this Rachel. She feels like the main victim in this, doesn't she? I mean, you, you're right. The banks were also, they also did Hotels. Mm. Yeah, there were, yeah, hotels. Yeah, the people in Morocco. Yeah. yeah. Okay. There's, you know, there were, there were a lot of people who did it tough. Rachel was just the name I remembered. Um, <laughs> all, all right. So that, uh, that was a great report. Thank you so much, Jess, for taking the time to tell us that tale. But that brings us to everyone's favourite section of the show where we uh, thank a bunch of our great supporters. If you want to be a supporter, you can uh, get involved at patreon.com slash dogoonpod or dogoonpod.com. Uh, there's many different rewards. You get bonus episodes, three per month on a certain level or above. Uh, you get to help vote for topics. Uh, Jess's topic today was voted on by supporters. Uh, you get in, uh, access to a Facebook group, uh, which a lot of people call the nicest corner of the internet. It's a really nice spot in there. Uh, and, you know, other things as well, newsletter occasionally and all these other things. Discount tickets to the shows. Uh, you get to hear about the live shows before anyone else, blah, 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 blah. Uh, but what we like to do first, this is one of the uh, rewards you get for supporting, is being involved in the fact, quote, or question section. And this section actually has a little jingle. I think it goes something like this. Fact, quote, or question. Ding. Oh, he always remembers the ding. Now, uh, to be involved in this one, you sign up on the Sydney Schoenberg level 
uh, or above. And uh, you get to give us a fact, a quote, or a question. You also get to give yourself a title. I don't read these out till I read them out. Since last week's episode, I've been feeling guilty about calling David Molosky uh, his fact, his quote, having a real virgin energy. I've been thinking about that most days. I apologise, David, officially. <laughs> I meant no harm by that. It was a, it was a, it was a really fun fact about Stanley and uh, holding a breast. Anyway, moving on. I just saw that because I'm looking at uh, the one, <laughs> the last week's one, and I have genuinely been thinking. I'm like, can I message David? Would that be too full on to go? Hey, David, I don't know if you caught the episode, but it was a little joke. Um, hopefully, anyway. So. <laughs> Uh, this week, uh, the first fact quarter question comes from a first timer, I believe, in the fact quarter question section, Betsy. And Betsy is given herself the title of Overthinker Extraordinaire. And, uh, well, I think I just proved that I am <laughs> with you there, Betsy. <laughs> <laughs> so true. Um, so Betsy's asking a question. And uh, I read these out on the show, so no one's heard them yet. So apologies, David Jess if uh, you need time to think about this because you don't have any time. The question is, what is your earliest memory? Uh, Betsy has also, looks like they've gone on to answer their own question. So I can read that out now while you think, if you like. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, Betsy writes, since I know Matt likes us to answer our own questions, my earliest memory is from when I was three and my sister accidentally closed two of my fingers into a door. I had been following her from the backyard into the garage so nobody found me until I had long since given up on crying and my fingertips were flat and black. Oh. Don't worry, they healed up just fine. Holy shit, oh Betsy. My that God, is a brutal Betsy. first memory. I can see why your brain's held on to it though. Oh. It'd be hard to forget. That's hectic. I'm trying it to is. think first memory. It's a little bit easier for me because we moved a few times when I was young. So I know any memories from Kyneton were from the first five years. Oh, yeah, that's nice. So, yeah, any I've got a bunch of memories there. Uh, my uh, friend Nicholas, he had a, like a, a sort of a hedgy bush thing at the front of his house and I remember it must have been so small because I've gone back to visit this house in the years since but we used to climb up inside it like it was there was somehow oh, cool. a hollowing inside yeah. so we could climb in and poke out the top of it that's got to be one of my earliest memories i reckon that's a much nicer memory than betsy's uh yeah yeah my earliest is... yeah sorry yeah no that's all right my earliest i was just uh, going to go through some other uh <laughs> equally exciting kind memories but i think that's probably enough bob what was yours you get one so there was a slight delay there's also a slight delay between Jess and us. So every time I've talked over in this episode, it's not because I'm a bad feminist because we all know I'm the best feminist of this podcast. Yeah. Uh, that's because of the delay, okay? Also, yeah, it's I my fault. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, basically it's the delay because Matt's stuck in the 1960s. <laughs> yeah, that's the delay. <laughs> yeah, uh, free love, everyone, hey, equality, isn't that? That's my 60s. Sure thing, madman. <laughs> It's a good time to be stuck. Anyway, Jess, uh, you may now speak. My, it's just a very, very, uh, very vague um, first memory. I, I think I was probably like, yeah, two or three, and I was standing by the fridge in our old house as uh, we, my, my parents must have had people over. There was just, uh, I can just remember like adult legs walking past me lots, like there was lots of people around and I was just kind of 
a corner, like try. I think I, I feel the memory feels like I was trying to go into the living room, but it was sort of waiting for a gap. Like I was waiting for traffic <laughs> to stop so I could go in. So I'm sort of just waiting by the fridge. That's my, that's my earliest memory. That's fun. Sounds like an episode of Rugrats or something. You know? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Maybe it was. Maybe that's what I'm remembering. Maybe I'm remembering right. Rugrats. Earliest memories. <laughs> His Rugrats. My name was Tommy as a baby, right? <laughs> <laughs> That's great. That must have been really early. I think, oh, God, it's so hard. I definitely got a bunch from early preschool. I remember being in the sand pit, but I can't pinpoint that exactly. And I can't think if this memory is something, it's a real memory or if I, you know, replanted in my mind somehow. But I had a teddy bear that was my favourite bear called Blue Bear. Guess its colour? Green. Uh, blue. It was blue. blue. Sorry, Jess, uh, you were wrong. And um, uh, Blue Bear... I was left at the park one day and uh, was lost forever. Oh, and I remember being sad about that. Blue that bear. But then only about five years ago when I was 25, I was talking about this with my parents about how sad it was and then we, we replaced it with a panda bear and that became my my um, nice. family all came around with different teddy bears to try and replace blue bear and, and friends and stuff. We went through about 40 bears until I got to panda. But the blue blue bear... <laughs> I thought it had just been lost at the park. And then I was about 25 and my dad goes, oh, no, um, we never told you. But um, I went back to the park to, f- to find Blue Bear and I'd found that some local kids had set it on fire. So. <laughs> <laughs> I think best not to tell you that. <laughs> I didn't know that until I was like 25. Oh, sorry, what? That's so good. <laughs> That's really funny. <laughs> Uh, thank you very much for that question, Betsy. Uh, the next one comes from Katie Murphy, uh, who's given herself the title of podcast stage manager. Oh, we need that. We need mm. that. Katie does uh, fine work uh, by the stage at our live shows. And Katie has a question as well. Katie writes, hey, team, long time no see. It has been a while. I guess that's because of... Because less live shows less than live usual. Shows. Yeah, that's right. And I believe that Katie, because we follow Katie on Instagram, actually does a lot of stage managing now. So she's out there doing lots of theatre theater work. Yes. We appreciate that, but it probably is harder to come to our shows if you're doing mm. shows. Exactly. Uh, Katie writes, question today. What have been your favourite show slash acting roles? I know you've all had various experiences with drama and telly and would love to hear what some of your highlights have been. Uh, if there's, if, while you're thinking, if there's room for me to answer my own question, of course there is, Katie, please. And please. also brag a little. Oh, love that. We love a brag. Uh, I've had the privilege of working on nine shows in the last year. My favourite would have to be my public transport-themed sketch comedy, Law & Order PTV. It's <laughs> <laughs> fun. That's public transport Victoria, right? Is that what PTV is? And the show I co-produced with Melbourne drag queen Isis Avis Lauren, uh, Ballads and Ball Gowns. Hope you've all had a lovely holiday season and to see you at some shows this year. Much love, Katie. Oh, thank you very much, Katie. What do you reckon? What's it? Dave, I'm guessing yours was uh, that ad you did for a bank. Was that a bank ad or an accounting firm I ad? Did, oh, no, recently I did an ad for an accounting firm. How dare you? Is there, I know. I knew Jess would be furious when I got the, <laughs> the when I got the gig. Yeah, but I also, you know, I love to support you. So every time uh, it comes on ad, TV, I'm, I'm so proud. Uh, it, it probably is. I just found this to be a funny moment in, that, um, in the ad for that. It's, um, it's like a, a parody of a sort of game show type thing, but the theme is tax. And I had lots of stuff thrown at me and they had a, a cannon that fired receipts into my face or whatever. But because of that, they had to have a safety officer on set. 
<laughs> who after every set had to come around, David, just want to check, is everything okay? You feeling okay? On a scale of one to ten, you've got a net on you, uh, ten being a horrific pain, one being no pain. How are you feeling right now? That's <laughs> not, just, you would have felt really cherished. Yeah, like I it? was doing like some sort of crazy action stunts, but really I was having dodgeballs thrown at me, but because of health <laughs> and safety. That's great. I like that. That's nice. Good that they're checking in. Yeah, yeah. It was, it was honestly like, yeah, like I was on the set of James Bond or something, but really mm. I was not. How about you, Bopper? Oh, wait. No, you didn't. That wasn't even your answer. Yeah, that's, that's my answer. Great. That's fine. Um, I don't know. I don't think I've done all that many. I've done some Sammy J stuff that's been very fun just because Sammy J is such a delight to work with. Um, oh, okay. It's a, it's a toss-up between... My very blink and you miss it spot on why you like this. And it was the best because I got to hang out with my friend Naomi all day, but also because I got to carry a pug whose Hell name yeah. was Petey. And he was the best. And so that was fun. He was quite heavy though. And so when you've got to do it over and over again, Petey, you know, weighs you down. Um, <laughs> but another was, and I don't even, I can tell this, it's fine. One of the Sammy J sketches I did, um, Broden was also in it. And we're just sort of mucking around, having a good time. There was a bunch of like extras as well who just sort of had to walk on at the end. So, uh, and Broden kept sort of, he was, he's always incredibly nice to people, but he kept joking that they were probably fans of his. He was just like, <laughs> we're just mucking around. He's like, oh, probably, probably some fans over there. And I was rolling my eyes. And then at the end, as we we're wrapping up, somebody, one of them came up to him and asked for a photo. And I was like, fuck! <laughs> <laughs> they were fans. Oh, that's so funny. Broden, Broden Kelly from Broden Aunt Kelly, Auntie of Donna. course. Oh, Matt, we should say under the Milky Way because did you remember how many times we had to do oh, one yeah. scene because I kept laughing at you saying NASA? <laughs> NASA. Is that Na- NASA. 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 That was a lot of fun. That was such that was a – That fun. Yeah, anything with Shane Dunlop is always great oh, fun. From Jim. Uh, who who uh, Beer Pioneer Show was his. But I don't know. This question is more about acting than presenting. <laughs> I'm trying. I also had a great time on Naomi's show, yeah. playing a, a a farmer who collected yeah. uh, jizz. No, something about either collecting jizz from bulls or inserting jizz into cows or something like that. Great fun. Yeah. Uh, I the first take, I I <laughs> everyone was like, oh fuck, <laughs> and and they're like, that was sorry, that's not at all what we're. Uh, <laughs> Intending it to be that was I don't it was very creepy how you just that read and I'm like I'm so sorry I'm like it was so funny I'm like I yeah I don't know what I was doing there I'm really sorry and then apparently from the next take I had it but the first one you could sort of see the panic in their face like oh shit I don't think he's gonna be able to do this but were you even th- the best thing would have been if you'd been like. Oh, that wasn't meant to be creepy. Oh, <laughs> yeah. that's just how I am. Oh. Well, yeah, no, I was. I think I, I just wasn't thinking about it enough, and I was just sort of. I wasn't thinking about the the words and how my like I was being too animated in the face when it was meant to be quite straight. But yeah, anyway. Um, but yeah, what was I? I, I did this uh, pilot for Jude Pearl. Wrote a pilot. Yep. And I just had this small role as um like she in it. She was a musician or whatever, and in it I was. Like a just a studio tech, and it was just fun. It was just a really fun shoot. But yeah, I mean, there's so many. I I just love doing all those things. They're always great fun. Anything with Evan Munro Smith, of course, that's super oh is always great fun as well. What a delight! Uh, thank you so much for that question, Katie. Uh, good to hear from you once again. The next one comes from Kelly Clark, who's 
given herself the title of promoter Danju Corlin Walking Together. And Kelly has offered a, a suggestion, which is check out uh, danjukorlini.com slash about, uh, spelled D-A-N-J-O-O-K-O-O-R-L-I-N-Y.com slash about, and the artwork at kelvybird.com slash danjukorlini art. Uh, sorry, no art at the end of that. <laughs> Just kelvybird.com slash danjukorlini. So K-E-L-V-Y-Bird.com slash Danjuk Orlini, as I just said. And read and see ways of bringing the best of Indigenous uh, First Nations and Waipela, aka Whitefella, knowledges and ways of being and doing. Yeah, good tip. I Obviously, because I'm reading it now, I haven't had a chance to have a look at it, but I will um, check that out after we finish recording today. Thank you very much, Kelly, Thanks, for that Kelly. suggestion. We love a suggestion. Don't get that many. Mm. No, not many suggestions. But, and I'll try and remember. Remind me, Kelly, but I'll, I'll do a post maybe from our social media for people to check that out as well. And finally, from Jessica English, a.k.a. Maritime Lawyer, uh, slight delay on International Waters Project, I've been captured by pirates. <laughs> <laughs> and here we are laughing that Jessica's been captured by Sorry, pirates. Sorry, Jessica. <laughs> Legit Sorry. cry for help and we're like, how funny. Ha, I, lo- I love that you've got, you've got the pirates give you one phone call and she's, I assume <laughs> that, you know, they're pirates but they're not assholes. Yeah, for sure. I mean, they, yeah. they're bound by international law, of yeah. course. So she used her one phone call on uh, entering a fact quote or question. In this case, a fact and here is the fact. During the Kangaroo Kicker episode, I was screaming at my iPod. Okay, there you go. Jessica has an iPod. Uh, because when Matt randomly brought up hot dogs, I had a fun fact linking hot dogs and Madison, Wisconsin, which is where the, uh, the episode mainly took place. Uh, and this is it, I'm guessing. The Oscar Mayer Wiener Mobile Ooh. headquarters are in Madison, Wisconsin, and the Wienermobile makes frequent stops on the campus. <laughs> that is a fun fact. That, and I love the idea of a mobile headquarters. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I really also enjoy that you're captured by pirates and you just got to get this fun fact. I've got to tell you something. <laughs> is it shaped like a wiener? I think that if I'm picturing it, I think that is. Oh, I wonder surely. if it's like the one that was used in um, uh, Simpsons. <laughs> no, that was that Netflix sketch show. Oh, I think you should I leave. I think you should leave. Oh, my oh, God. God. <laughs> a great sketch. <laughs> Anyone could have driven this. <laughs> I guess we'll never know. <laughs> <laughs> great sketch. Great sketch. <laughs> Look at him. He's dressed like a wiener. And the guy looks down at himself. Oh, no. <laughs> anyway, check that out. If you haven't seen I think you should leave. It's a very it's funny show. Very funny. Uh, thank you so much for, for those uh, questions, suggestions, and facts from Jessica, Kelly, Katie, and Betsy. Uh, now we do something. We like to shout out uh, to a few of our great supporters who are on the shout-out level or above, obviously. Uh, Bop normally comes up with a game somehow related to the show's topic. Hmm. Trickier one, isn't it? it is Who are they going to rip off? Yeah, g- a fake, it could just be a fake name. Yeah, fake name. A wealthy sounding name, though. Wealthy sounding fake name. Fantastic. Well, may I kick it off? Yes. All right. Let me just double check. What's the country EE? Oh, it's Estonia. Oh, wow. Yes, okay. Tallinn is the capital. 
from Tallinn in Estonia, I'd love to thank Abraham Eifert. Abraham Eifert's already like a, yeah, it's a pretty wealthy name. I think all we need to do is actually change one thing. Okay. Well, that, isn't that what Anna did? She, exactly. Her name was Anna, yeah. We can give people a completely new name if they need it. If they need it. To, please take no offence if we're saying your whole name doesn't sound wealthy. Yeah, sorry, I mean, if they need maybe it. Maybe take it as a compliment. But I think in Abraham's case, if we just add Abraham Von Eifert, what do you think oh, about that? Oh, yeah. I am absolutely giving that man my life savings. Yeah. As long as he writes down something on a piece of paper and says, no, nah, it's legit, <laughs> then I'm in. Thank you so much, Abraham Von Eifert. Uh, I'd also love to thank from Vermont South here in Melbourne, Australia. Until this moment, seeing it written down, I never realised that Vermont and Vermont <gasps> are the same yeah. spelling. Holy shit. We just say them differently. My favourite state, Vermont. Yeah, and we're not saying it wrong. It's it's Vermont here. <laughs> Vermont. Well, we may be saying it wrong. <laughs> I just wanted to save save us the messages. Yeah, that's fair. It is interesting. It's like, yeah, so many locals often... I reckon say their own uh, place names wrong. Yeah. Like we say Melbourne and it's clearly not Melbourne. It's a anyway. Melbourne. <laughs> uh, from Vermont South, it is Jimmy the Bob. Oh, Jimmy Le Bob. <laughs> Jimmy That's better. Le Bob. That's better. What about Jimmy Le Bob the third? That just finished Oh, off. yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we were talking about Bo- uh, Bob Log the third last week's episode. Jimmy... LaBob the third. Love that. <laughs> and finally from me, from Endicott in New York State, United States, Will Bedoya. Oh, my God, I love that name. Bedoya. Will Bedoya. It sounds oh, like you're asking it. a question, doesn't it? It sounds... Well, Will Bedoya. It kind of sounds to me, it sounds a bit um, onomatopoeic somehow. Bedoya. Like it's yeah, something... You're it's, ba- it's bouncing. It's the sound of like bouncing a ball onto the ground, onto the wall and back to you. <laughs> Bedoya. 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 Yeah, you're absolutely right. You're in a rhythm you're in and the, you're just throwing it. You're in the cell. Yeah. You know, and you're in that little cell. Bedoya. Bedoya. What do you call it? The Great Escape. Yeah. I'm, I'm in solitary. Bedoya. Bedoya. <laughs> Bedoya. But you know, hey, you're right. Will Bedoya. Quit, quit the Bedoya in there. <laughs> Will Bedoya? You're proposing to someone? Will Bedoya? Will you Bedoya me? <laughs> no, that sounds like you want them to fuck you. All right. Um, sorry, Will. Anything we can add to that? Uh, to make it even more fancy, uh, uh, Winston. You went from yeah. Will to Winston. Well, I'm actually trying to change the names. You're just, yeah. He's chosen a shortened from William and you're going, nah, right, disagree. Winston. Winston, Winston Bed- Bedoyan. Will, Will Bedoyan Frey Munchton. Frey Munchton. That sounds pretty fancy. I mean, I've made his name worse, but Winston Bedoyan Raymunction. Wow, I'll give that man my money. Uh, <laughs> said with less confidence each time. <laughs> Dave, do you want to uh, thank a few? Yes, please. I would like to thank from location unknown. Oh, we can only assume deep <gasps> in the fortress of the Deep within the fortress as we broadcast throughout the fortress. A uh, big th- shout out to Fahad Al Thani. Thank you so much to Fahad Al Thani. Yeah, I mean, why do we think we can improve on know, that's absolute... our listeners' names? They've, these are, We've made them all worse. Know, I'm already investing all my savings with Fahad Al Thani. But... Yeah. Uh, what about... Um, well, I did the last one so well. Let's <laughs> let Jess do this one. What about... I've got nothing. My brain what is fried. What about Fahad 
Alistair Trombley Birchall. Tharney. Oh, Tharney. yes. <laughs> I think That's Alistair good. Trombley Birchall does have a very... Man, I'm investing with that guy. ...fancy sounding name. That's why, you know, Ronnie Chang's show, he had like a, a kind of pompous character and his, his show was about being on a university campus. And he, oh, could, yeah, he, yeah. he had... The placeholding name was Trombley Birchall for, the, for that guy. And then they never thought of anything more fancy. So the character's name is someone Trombley Birchall. Did Al play show. the character? No, Al, did, <laughs> Al did not get the part. <laughs> we'll take your name. <laughs> we, wanted, we want a Trombley Birchall type character. Yeah. yeah. But we don't want Al. Uh, Farhad, Alistair, Trombley Birchall, Thani, thank That's you good. so much. That's good. I would like to thank now from Monaghan in Ireland, it's Paul McNally. That's where my family's from. (gasps) Oh, is it possible that is the Perkins side of the family? Uh, No, Uh, the the other side, the Pearson side. Oh, could you make Paul McNally an honorary Pearson? (laughs) Yes, Paul McPearson. Oh, that's a good name. I like that. Esquire. Esquire, yes. Paul McPearson, Esquire. That's good. That's good. good. Hey, uh, thank you so much. And welcome to the family, Paul. <laughs> McPearson, uh, Esquire. Last one from you, Davy Boy. Uh, finally, from uh, Great Britain, I would like to thank, uh, from St Albans, Sam Piers. Do you reckon that's named after our St Albans? Yeah. <laughs> Influential. It's also the same as Pears. Sam Pears. Yeah, you're absolutely right. Interesting. Could be pears. It looks like pears. What about Sammy Banana? Oh, yeah, that's great. That sounds like a a rich, uh, like a Vegas act. Yeah, hey, hey, I'm Sammy Banana. He's eccentric. Frilly sleeves. Yeah. Maybe does magic as well. He always has maracas in his hands. Yeah. (laughs) Hey, Sammy Banana. He's the Moroccan magician. Oh, that's good. And he uh, only travels in a white limo and he's always hanging out the roof, the sunroof. Yeah. The driver's like, this is very dangerous, Sammy. He has <laughs> the record for the longest running Vegas residency because yeah. people keep coming to see him. That <sighs> sounds like that. I mean, we're talking about wealth. That's that's a license to print money. Yeah. Sammy Bananas. <laughs> Sammy Bananas. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Sam. Jess, would you like to thank a few? Yes, please. I would love to thank. No, please, you do not apologise to Sam. You gave him a gift. <laughs> That was Dave. I, but, yeah, I would love to thank from Portland, M.E. Maryland? Yeah. Portland, no. What, Maine, maybe? You you keep talking, I'll look it up. I would love to thank, surname unknown, Lee. <gasps> Lee. It is Maine. Lee from Maine. The most eastern state in the uh, On, continental oh, there you go. USA. Yeah. Great fact. That was the question I asked to get us onto the topic. That's why I remember it. Uh, the Stranger episode, I think. Getting that question right was one of my proudest moments. <laughs> well done. Um, Lee. Lee. Obviously, uh, not heaps to work with, but we, that means we can also build on a lot here. Yeah. Lee exactly. is so close yes. to Slay. Like, um, uh, so Slay, uh, st- uh, Stretch, l- Limo Slay. So I'm picturing like a winter. <laughs> now, I know we turned all the other people into rich humans, I'm turning Lee into a rich, eccentric mode of transport. Oh, wow. Okay. Stretch limo sleigh. Okay. <laughs> they have rich people in them, which is, I mean, oh. everyone else is one rich person. Lee is now, you know, a vessel for multiple rich people at once. Wow. Imagine if you had like four billionaires in you. Like how yeah. rich are you? Do you know what I mean? 
That adds up. Yeah. It's happened to me once before, but it was a long time ago <laughs> and I hardly even remember the feeling anymore. <laughs> but I recall it being pretty good. Well, that, was, that was a big night out. <laughs> that was a big night, a fantastic night out. Um, and I would also like to thank from Perth in Western Australia, Holly Bradley. Holly Bradley, another fantastic name. Uh I'm just gonna. I'm just gonna go with a. Full, I mean, I love it, and I don't think we can improve on it. So I'm just gonna go from a whole different perspective here. Just, uh, just spitballing. Uh, philanthropic cranium gold. Oh, okay. That, no, I feel like that could be their business. <laughs> philanthropic cranium gold. <laughs> that isn't it amazing when you just sort of you just zone out your mind what it can come up with. Yeah, for sure. Like, you're in the zeitgeist. Yeah. you're in the zone. The philanthropic cranium gold. <laughs> and amazingly, you've somehow pulled some cranium gold from within yourself. Yeah, I know. I don't know how I did it. <laughs> I could never do that consciously. I had to just go deep in the, in the subconscious. And uh, once Holly hands over their business card that just says philanthropic cranium gold, I reckon the banks can give them whatever, whatever Holly wants. Uh, and finally, Bopper. <laughs> I would love to thank from Aberdeen, uh, Hannah Loveday. Oh. That is a oh my! This I can't. This is maybe the best batch of names we've ever had. And a love day, yeah. <laughs> absolutely amazing. Which makes me think of "Lovely Day," that Bill Withers song. Is there something there? That's a good song. <laughs> Anna Withers. <laughs> Anna yeah. good song Withers. Anna good song because I mean, that sounds like uh, they're an older person who's come f- from a lot of money yeah. and they've been in money their whole life. Yeah, that's, that's old right, money. Yeah. That's, that's seriously old money. Old money. With panels, yeah. Good song someone, with us. Someone who has a nickname like Good Song. <laughs> and a good that's song with us. That's oh, all yeah. money. That's, yeah. that's mahogany. You can feel yeah. it. Rich. <laughs> uh, thank you so much to Hannah Holly Lee, Sam Paul Farhad, Will, Jimmy, A and Abraham. What a batch of names. Fantastic. Thank you so much for your support. Finally, the last thing we need to do is welcome some people into our Triptage Club. Only two. Uh, inductees this week. If you want to get involved in the Triptage Club, you've just got to be signed up on the shout-out level or above for three straight years. Uh, once you're in, you're in for life. This is this is an exclusive club, much like the kind of thing I reckon that Anna Delvey would have come up with yeah. if she had her time over. Yeah. Um, now, uh, normally uh, I'm standing at the door. I've got the... Uh, the guest list, and that's exactly how it's happening today as well. I'm going to lift up the velvet rope. I'm going to read out a couple of names. Dave's going to hop him out. He's on the stage. Everyone else is already in there chanting your name as well, okay? Dave's got a, a band book for the after party. Who have you got Hell booked yeah. this We've week? We've got uh, uh, Steve Martin, but he's not doing comedy. He's just doing the bluegrass stuff. Oh, great. Ban- on the banjo. Awesome. On the banj. Love to hear it. Uh, he won't be able to help himself from doing a little, a little banter. In I'm sure in between it'll be a bit of fun. Jess, what, what is the Anna Delvey cocktail that you're serving behind the bar this well, week? Well, I'll tell you, it's expensive. It's <laughs> it's all from the top shelf. And we'll get it to you later, yeah. promise. <laughs> <laughs> but pay now, pay now. Pay now. But um, it's so, yeah, it's this week's going to be a lot of lobster, a lot of yeah. fine dining, oysters, top shelf champagne. Um, Ooh. Yeah, we're going all out and we are going to bankrupt the, uh, the Triptych Club, but it's going to be worth it. Fantastic. Well, let us induct the the two names here. Dave will hype them up. He's your hype man. Jess uh, is hyping up Dave. Every hype man needs their own hype man. Uh, So first up from Brunswick 
in Victoria, Australia, Dominic Stevenson. Ooh, Dominic, my heart. Yeah. Steal my heart. Yes, Nick it. Yes. Nick it good. That's for you. That's for you, Dom. The Dominator. And from Kingston in Ontario, Canada, Mitch Nasheen. Oh, the king is here. Kingston, yes. Kingston Mitch. is here. That's right. Welcome in, Mitch and Dominic. Make yourselves at home. Enjoy the fine, fine work of Steve Martin. And, uh, yeah, that brings us to the end of the episode. Thanks so much, everyone, for joining us. Anything we need to tell people, Jess, before we go? Just that we love them. Um, We appreciate Uh them. We hope they're looking after themselves, you know, eating some veggies. And uh, if you need to find us or contact us, you can find us at DoGoOnPod across all social media, DoGoOnPod at gmail.com or our website, DoGoOnPod.com. Beautiful. So good. Dave, boot this baby home. Yeah, get in contact with us at any time. We'd love to hear some suggestions for topics for upcoming weeks because we are not stopping. We're absolutely not stopping. No one can stop us. Not even isolation, baby. We're doing this. We are doing this. Isolation, baby, you dastardly bastard. You will not stop us. Oh, sorry for listening at home. We probably only talked about it off pod, but there is a, a, an isolation baby yeah. in Australia who goes around and enforces isolation. Oh, I don't think we should talk about the isolation baby. We probably shouldn't. Does we it with will. a rap. I'm the isolation baby and I'm here to say... Stay inside stay your inside. house. Stay <laughs> inside. Or I'll kill your cat, you know. He's pretty aggressive, actually. Yeah, yeah. full on. The isolated yeah. baby is a bit really nice. a bit on. of a dick, actually. I'm, there, I'm I said terrified. It. I'm really scared. Well, thank you so much for joining us. Until next week, we'll say thank you and goodbye. Laters. Bye. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.